Kane Winstead. Hello, Internet. I'm Matthew Derrigish. And you're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, where we'll be taking a look at the deep cuts and forgotten tales of the Spider-Man library, looking for lost gems and what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. Matt, why don't you tell our dear, dear listeners what we will be talking about today? All right, today we got something uh, more different than what we normally talk about. This is Spider-Man India, which came out in the ripe year of... Of 2004 that's the year i graduated high school oh that's the year i started high school oh you're so young <laughs> I, but I, you look so old <laughs> i'm i'm 12 <laughs> right um oh man so <laughs> see i trapped you <laughs> this isn't how you do this but oh, the the writers here are Javin Kang, Shiruth Zermathian. All right, wow. hold on. No, no. All right. Let's, let's, I can do better than that. Here we go. I think anyone could. The writers are Jivan Kang, Suresh Sitharaman, and Sharad Deverjan. Um, the art is also by Jeevan Kang and colored by Gotham Studios Asia, lettered by Dave Sharp, edited by John Barber, Niccolo, and Ralph Macchio. Um, apologize, or apologies for the butcherings of those names. Um, let's see, I'm going to shoot it back to you, Matt. Why don't you tell our, our, again, our dear, dear listeners where they can find this story. Oh, I mean, I know Nicola's going to be personally offended by your pronunciation of his name. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's uh, Loao or Loe. <laughs> there we go, yeah, Nick Loe. <laughs> um, right, so Spider-Man India is a title that isn't particularly hard to find, though with a few peculiarities. You can read it as part of the Marvel Unlimited catalog, but you have to make sure to include the colon uh, between Spider-Man and India, correct? Yes. Um, otherwise, it won't pop up. I went years not knowing this was on uh, Unlimited because I never thought to include that very key punctuation. Well, that or is that at the instant you added the colon? <laughs> <laughs> all right um comicsology is also selling this comic uh each issue for two dollars you can of course find copies on ebay my comic shop atomic avenue uh wherever you purchase your fine comics online uh spider-man india was also collected in a trade that's going for pretty reasonable prices somewhere between seven to twelve dollars usually is a used copy um also you know this is a book that when you're going through those bins at your local comic shop you are probably very likely to find so go support your local comic shop oh yeah always always support your local you know your local shop before you start going online if if you have the ability to do that um, or unless your shop's run by dicks <laughs> just a whole bunch of guys named richard <laughs> a richard enclave if you will that's what i meant yeah yeah all of them have the last Our... name johnson too it's, it's a weird weird thing anyway <laughs> um, so before we start talking about this this is a book that we need to set up a little bit more of a uh, context for uh because this is on its on its own, a story we're all very familiar with, but it's really the context that sets it apart. So, Kane, can you uh, dig into that nugget for us? Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, this one requires a little bit more behind the scenes to fully understand the story and what it was trying to accomplish. 
Uh, Gotham Entertainment Group was a company that would import and localize Western comics for the Southeast Asian market, including titles like Batman, Tarzan, Scooby-Doo, X-Men, and of course, Spider-Man. Spider-Man India was an attempt to create something more in line with Indian culture and be more relatable to the wider Indian market. Um, Gotham Entertainment Group partnered with Marvel. Uh, You should be able to recognize the editors of the story as Marvel mainstays. And they released Spider-Man India to coincide with the release of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Um, I could not find an exact release date for the Indian dub, uh, or I'm sorry, the Hindi dub of Spider-Man 2, but... uh, Spider-Man India came out, I think, around November of 2004. Spider-Man 2 came out late summer 2004, so pretty close. Um, If you would like to know a little bit more about, like, the background of the company and and kind of the the genesis of this, there is a great 20-minute interview with uh, Sherrod... Devarjan, who is both one of the writers, of course, and the CEO of Gotham Entertainment Group. Uh, there, yeah, there's an interview with him on NPR. I'll link it in the show notes. But I think I think that's enough for us to go on. Is, is there anything you wanted to add? Um, I mean, really, really, what you need to understand is like this was written by um, people from India or of Indian descent um, for the Indian market. Right. Well, so in what we're kind of, at least two parts of our block here, what we're going to be talking about is adaptation of Spider-Man to other cultures. And so in a way, you know, this is a Spider-Man for India. They brought it back, but this is a lot more for Indian Americans than it is for India is the way I understood it. And this is... This is for an honest reach for diversity in comics. This is to kind of expand the palette, take something proven, and then put kind of a different sheen on it so people who are from a bit of a different background can see themselves with a hero, see themselves with that kind of Marvel flair. And so... I think it's important to note that important that like this is trying to do a good thing and trying to bring honest diversity to Marvel comics. Right. Uh, I'll definitely agree with that. Uh, My only caveat is that like, I don't think it's necessary. Perhaps bringing it over and publishing it in America might've been a, you know, a move for Indian Americans, but this was the comic that was originally published in India and for the Indian audience. Like, uh, Gotham Entertainment Group is an Indian company, uh, and so like, I, I just don't want to you know con- confuse anybody. Like this, this was primarily this was first an Indian comic. You could buy it wherever you buy comics in India. Okay, uh, it was an interview I read uh, somewhere with Gotham's mandate mm-hmm. and what they were doing and bringing stuff to the American market. And that was, at least for someone on the staff, a big component of why they were proud to be doing what they were doing. Okay. So right. maybe it was overstated, but yeah. Yeah. Well, like, again, that might be why it was brought over here, but... Right. But yeah. Um, yeah. Either way. Yeah, because you could, you, could, uh, you could buy this in America, too. Like, this wasn't, like... Spider-Man, the manga, which we'll be covering ne- next episode, which took, you know, 30 years before it made its way over here. This this came out, you know, a few months after it came out in India. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay, now that, that we're past that, there's little localization issues here, there's all that, but, but the book itself, you know... 
the the book itself i think when we first read this i think i think you you read it first and what you told me was it will be very familiar and i think that's super fair um this this book is definitely a lot more mystic than your typical spider-man origin story i mean by this point we had you know the sam raimi film origin we had the of course stanley origin and we had the ultimate origin uh, and then we, we also had the retold origin by JMS, but we'll, we'll table that for now. Um, well, I mean, Spider-Man's origin within the continuity has been revisited right. a nearly countless number of times in that I don't want to go through and count it all. I'm not going to say that in my head, but right. it, it's something that's happened a number of times. But we, we've had these different origin points and all that. I'd say this India comic follows the Ultimate comics uh, more closely than any of the other versions, but... I mean, that's splitting hairs, I think, between that and, like, the movie, per se. Uh, see, because I was going to argue the movie more so than Ultimate Comics. Not necessarily because, you know, something within the comic points more toward the movie, but just because thinking from a like adaptation standpoint i feel like the movie would be a much more common ground than the ultimate comics like i i feel like that's probably why we see mary jane in the school that's why we see dr octopus and norman osborne uh more and then and <laughs> See, so it was the it was the villain side that made it more like the comics mean the tie between Osborne and Norman mm-hmm. and how Norman's handled in particular that made me lean more ultimate than the movie but relatively unimportant relatively unimportant and then I think we're starting to get toward like which influenced which because there are a lot of similarities between the ultimate comics and the movies as someone who wrote an article series about all that so like yeah um, okay Anyway, anyway, so yeah, this one is a lot more uh, steeped in mysticism and uh, Indian mythology. Um, Right, and I think we should approach this book a little different in talking about it, because I think running through the plot here is almost irrelevant. So, I mean, in the first book, we have the origin of Spider-Man, and then, you know, we very quickly move to him needing to save the city from villains i guess but kind of the bad organization and that's about it and then the ties to the school and everything become almost irrelevant immediately right i I would call this cinematic in its pacing um hmm okay well no just just the way that we have like the way the acts build and it's it's not like a comic book where we'll have an A plot and then like a B plot and and maybe a C plot that kind of interweave a little bit. It's it's Ooh. definitely everything is driven by this this villain whose ties are directly rela- related to the character. It does not seem to be orchestrated in a way to sustain like an ongoing story. It, it's meant to be contained and consumed as one single entity which is what which is why i would call it cinematic Um, while leaving a back door open for a potential continuation oh well yeah there's definitely sequel bait uh at the end um but right but i see what you're saying it's mm-hmm. not the apop it's not that serialized storytelling method it's very much and that's something that was funny to me is because this was released in four issues but 
it really is just kind of like, and this is where this issue ends, and we'll pick up on the next one. Maybe taking advantage of kind of the chapter-esque uh, portion of that, because it's, like, it's not like in medias res from the ending to the beginning of the next issue. They take advantage of the break to kind of pick up on another scene, another moment, and mm-hmm. move it along. But yeah, you're right, it, it does. I guess in that way, I, I wouldn't say cinematic, though, but that's fair. Yeah, it might not be the best term, but, you know, we're going off the cuff here. Uh, um, well, also, that'd be interesting, because I wonder how this would compare and, like, structure and all that to more of the Bollywood take to versus how I think of movies, you know, more Hollywood. Right. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, you know, I, th- I feel like there are not enough musical dance numbers for this to be function as a Bollywood movie. Although there, there is like during this one, is there, right? Well, no, I mean, kind of. They, they, yeah, they kind of have one. Like I think it's the beginning of the third issue. Uh, in the middle of the Doc Ock fight, uh, there's like a Bollywood scene, which is funny because. If I recall correctly, the first Doc Ock fight in Ultimate Spider-Man also, like, breaks into a movie shoot? Or or am I thinking of, like, the Craven? Oh my gosh. You're right somewhere in there, and my memory for that is uh, not on my head right now. I haven't read those comics since... 2008 yeah i haven't read them since i I wrote the article uh, on on that spider-man 2 uh movie and i had the flu when i was reading that so i was gone so uh, anyway um but i do want to talk about the origin a little bit and just the the differences especially just with that first issue i kind of do want to go through because it is a lot different than what we normally get um and kind of the differences between uh, Paviter Pavarker and Peter Parker. So can we talk about that for a second first? Like, um... like okay, so yeah, some of the names in here are like, look, as far as this being an adaptation, like I understand the the want for that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but like at Peter, well, Paviter's mm-hmm. name, I, I can I can slide by. Like, that makes some sense to me that they wanted to have it that close. But his is not the only name that they uh, strain to fit the uh, Indian-sounding stuff. And it's it gets a little tacky after a while. Well, yeah, you get Uncle Bim and Aunt Maya yeah. and... Uh... Yeah, that one hurt. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What Mary Jane is Maria Jane or Mira Jane, rather. Um, they don't even bother with Flash Thompson. <laughs> he's just he's still Flash Thompson. Well, that's a nickname, so I guess maybe that works well, better. But it feels out of place. Yeah, yeah, because you know that very traditional ja- or uh, Indian name of Thompson. Um. <laughs> I thought he was just Flash. No, no, they they when uh, when Pavita punches him like out of the classroom, uh, he gets called Mister Thompson. Oh, oh, I, yeah. it, like, and I don't, I didn't know if that was an oversight. Uh, I did like oh. look around to see if I could find any reference to his last name, and they call him Flash a few times. And yeah, that's fine. That's a nickname, whatever. But uh, anyway, <laughs> like they really could have gone for him, called him like uh, Wally West or something. Really mixed <laughs> up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, going, going back, going back to the origin, uh, it is different because it's, it's very much concerned with the idea of destiny almost, almost more so than, you know, uh, Pavitar being bitten by a spider, uh, to fulfill a destiny. It seems that 
he is given these powers in a response to Nalan Oberio or Oberoi rather Nalan Oberoi uh, un- getting this amulet of power and transforming himself into a uh, rock uh, rakshasa demon uh, which you know longtime listeners will think back to our last episode covering Indian gods which we swear was an accident and uh, remember those were kind of like demons and guardians of hell and essentially what they they've possessed um the green goblin and want him to kind of bring about the you know the end time so that they can have dominion over earth and so peter's or i'm sorry pavita's destiny is to rise up as this warrior that has vanquished uh the green goblin before and he's given these powers seemingly at random from like a yogi in a back alley like he's He's being chased by Flash, and then out of nowhere, he ducks into an alley, and there's this, like, mystic who, like, I I only knew it was a mystic and not, like, a deity from that interview. Like, the way it's presented, it's never mentioned who he is. We, you, I just assumed he was some sort of god. Right, you had a different reading on it, where you thought he was, uh, how'd you say, random yogi well, that's bestowing this power? That, that's, the, that's what the author said, so it's not well, really so much a reading as that's what he said. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Okay. When I was reading this, my interpretation more that this was a god, but when you have um, non-monolithic religions, you know, the gods are a little more likely to walk around, uh, take form and bestow or curse people, that sort of thing. And I thought this was that sort of a thing, but it bugged me because I was like, but I didn't think the Hindu god would just, because this looks very much like a uh, big, white, muscular man uh, kind of a god with a lot of facial hair mm-hmm. something just wasn't hitting me right so i looked it up real quick and the closest thing i could find to a spider deity in the hindu religion was baram baramari not good with names today all right so this is this is a hindu goddess but it's um more over bees but with the way the culture works this would be the closest thing to the spider god with insects and the like uh, and so, but that's a goddess uh, with a very different look to anything we see throughout this comic. And I just thought it was odd that that aspect wasn't brought in because so much of this comic is about bringing whatever bit of culture they can to this story and twisting around to the locale and uh, kind of the needs of the people in, in that story. And this just felt like such an odd moment to kind of go this way with it. And maybe that's just my cultural misunderstanding but i don't know i i just thought that was an odd right well it's it's definitely a confusing moment um because like you know like i said like i i didn't know who this i didn't know if i was supposed to recognize this depiction of this person or not until i listened to that interview um but going back to what you said about like you know bringing a different culture into this uh i think i think one of my like one of the the more interesting elements for this for me was how they changed uh pavita's background um instead of being kind of like a, a studious and extremely like intelligent bookworm type they they change him from that and instead he's more like rustic and from like the backwoods 
and he gets a scholarship to this school in in Mumbai, right? They're in Mumbai? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but the difference that they make here isn't so much that he's the bookworm, but that he's poor, like right. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, he's he's poor and and traditional. It's it's when he comes to the school, the the students are dressed in like western clothes. He's in a more like traditional attire. They refer to or Flash refers to him as um a Indian-born confused Desi which is a term that when I Googled it popped up in a few like Indian blogs. And I, I, I think my understanding of it is that basically it means like um, most of the time when I saw it was referred to as like an American born confused Desi, which referenced some sort of like culture shock between going back and forth between American culture and Indian culture. Uh, Desi being kind of like uh, a term for people of that region, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and India. Um, so to call him an Indian-born confused Desi, I think what he, I think he was just basically calling him a rube, like someone who wasn't with the times and was uh, not really up and up on the culture. Um, right. Well, two things to that. First, hip kids are saying rubes these days, so that totally tracks. <laughs> And then also, I, I, I think what was also kind of important here is to say that, like, looking at this the other way, Peter being studious wouldn't track as him being an outcast because to the creators of this comic, you know, kids trying to do well, be successful, that's just kind of the more normal method and mode. And that's such a big shift from where, you know, our Peter Parker would sit and certainly did back in God, the 60s. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just thought that was interesting. That's like a big moment. Like, and that's the sort of thing you can definitely take from reading this kind of comic as being like, oh, you have to write this differently because that wouldn't track at all. And that, and so th that's the sort of thing where this comic shines is you learn a little. Right, right. It, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely more interesting than it is good. The comic, I, I would say. Hey, that, like, what? That's my tagline for this. That was your tagline, and I'm stealing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta jump in and throw those out early. Otherwise, I'm just gonna straight up. I was saving that for the end. See, no, it's not plagiarism because we're co-hosts. Oh my god. <laughs> um. <laughs> But you know, we get we get the same variation of great power and great responsibility, which uh, you know, Uncle Bim kind of talks around and then eventually says, but uh what's funny is his the line that Peter or Pavita recalls at the end, which is kind of the big moral push, is not great power, great responsibility. It's one day you'll have a chance to really help people and change this country. But it's not hate that's going to get you there. Um, he he thinks that thinks back to this when he destroys the amulet that gave the Green Goblin his powers, and like a venom esque demon pops out and tries to possess Pavita. Um, so I I thought that was I don't really have anything to say on that, rather than maybe that's something that resonates more than great power uh, must also come great responsibility, or maybe that was just the writers not wanting to harp on that same uh, I don't want to say tired, but um, 
it's it's definitely to borrow a phrase from the uh amazing spider talk a well that is frequently visited um so i think in my mind the way that this spider-man is positioned his responsibility is destiny mm -hmm. so they focus more on destiny and kind of what you're supposed to do and all that and so it's a similar idea but it's handled differently a lot of that comes from you know the background like he's handed these powers because they're his destiny and it's his destiny to follow through with them for the good of others to you know fight fight the forces of evil basically <laughs> yeah. uh and so yeah i i think that's just the framing that that maybe helps set this apart but it ultimately doesn't feel much different for that right uh okay yeah no i think that's that's a fair fair way to look at it um the only other like the only other th big difference i think is the way uncle ben dies um yeah that's that is very different right because like well you can't have him ha you know ha be a part of a new york street mugging that doesn't that wouldn't play in this story but that's what happens <laughs> I mean, he okay. So, so, so what happens is Pavitar gets these powers, and then he's like, "Oh boy, I can't wait to go show my beloved Uncle Bim. I'm sure everything is going great and happy with him. I better go rush to the bus stop to see him." Oh, there's a mugging down there? Well, I promised my uncle I would go see him. I'm sure the police will take care of that. And, um, spoilers, Uncle Bim instead decides to try to break up the mugging and gets stabbed and dies. And... Okay, I... I see what you're saying. I, I guess I read this as more of a difference than you did. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, there isn't a tie to Peter here, really. Right. Um, also, knives, not guns. Mm -hmm. Um, bus stop, less... Uh, depending on which version you take, home invasion slash uh, side of the street. Though, I mean, this is in the street, but in protection of right. someone. Right. So, yeah, this, this and, isn't really an, like a style of killing off uh, Uncle Ben that we, we, we had seen yet. Because in the Raimi movies, like, he was carjacked, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. And they they shot him. Or later retconned, he was accidentally shot uh, by uh, an accidental gun discharge. Um and then in Ultimate, you know, it was Home Invasion. And then in Amazing Fantasy 15, it was kind of, he was just killed by like a burglar. And then we find out that he was looking for gold buried beneath their house. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so we, we've never really seen like an, well, I guess we saw it later in Amazing Spider-Man, but the less we talk about those movies, the better. Um, oh, what's, what's uh, going getting, on here? That's just me getting my shots in. I, I know you like those movies. Um, yeah, I like Spider-Man. I thought that's <laughs> why we were here. What's going on? But uh, I just, I just thought it was peculiar because you know in 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 Amazing Fantasy, Peter's callousness is what ultimately gets Uncle Ben killed. But in this one, it's 
Pavita's devotion to his uncle so that like he's not going to make him wait like another like minute and a half is what eventually gets him killed and I was it, it was difficult for me to kind of get a read on what I was supposed to take away from that like was it just supposed to be like well we got to kill off the uncle or was was there something greater happening there that would inform Pavita as Spider-Man which is you know I guess I just don't see so there's these bad men with the knives at the bus stop that are going to attack a lady. Right. I don't, I'm looking at the pages now and, uh, she's just kind of there. Right. Like it's, he's, he's literally swinging by like, um, right. There, there's no introduction. There's no, it's just, she's swinging, he's swinging by and there's this lady getting attacked in a, in an alleyway. And Bim just steps in to save her. Right. He's trying to be a hero. Right. But I guess it wasn't his destiny to, um, so he gets shanked and then Spider-Man is mad that his uncle was killed and he goes to stop that. But it has like, it's much more a random act of violence. It has no tie to him, no personal responsibility. And I mean, to me, A, it's funny because if you take Ditko's philosophy to, um, violence and all that this would have been more to his liking but it also kind of takes away the entire core point message everything that made amazing fantasy 15 what it was Mm -hmm. is taken away with that decision like this is the most core aspect of that story and they're just throwing it away just make it a random act and then spider-man goes to avenge his family right yeah it I, it, it didn't really sit great with me and again it's it's I, it's I, I couldn't tell if it was just because well I mean that's that's if you're gonna have an uncle Ben you're gonna kill him off like there is a very well like um I lost the word but like it just it just didn't sit well with me because it seems like a wasted opportunity because we've seen we've seen how this plays into the character so long and it's so integral to the character you see where i'm coming from yeah i mean i'm in full agreement this just this this is one of many decisions made in this comic that seems to have the dressing of what a spider-man comic is but kind of misses the heart and mode and i feel like some of that was done to try to make it fit a different audience but it kind of misses what makes spider-man stand out as a character from any other superhero especially yeah very very well put um I'll, i will agree with that completely this this feels like it was a box they had to check um yeah and okay well that, that, that's that's the first issue and then like oh before we move the, on mm-hmm. i want to talk about one more aspect okay the costume. Oh, yeah, the costume. So, you know, dear podcast listeners, I guess um, you should find some picture to put up, but you can find it pretty easily. Uh, the chest and head looks like Spider-Man, pretty much what you'd expect. The spider symbol on his chest looks a little different, but I don't know. Um, his arms, though, his hands are exposed. Right. Um, which is interesting. I, I mean, I guess it fits, though. There's a lot to be said for Spider-Man's costume covering his body completely. Uh, that's actually ended up being one of the greatest strengths of the character and allowing people of other cultures to kind of see themselves as Spider-Man. A lot's been made of that throughout the years. So uh, when they put Spider-Man to another culture, um, having him not do that, I always feels a miss. Mm-hmm. But uh, his, his hands are exposed. I'm wondering if there's something to that i'm wondering if there's something 
well, with hands. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. But the well, I think the cos- do, the costume seems. Uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I, I'm wondering because different cultures have different focuses on different body parts. I mean, right. like a lot of Asian cultures have a lot of focus on like eyes in particular, mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. And so, yeah, I, I just don't know if there's something there. But yeah, and then sorry, right? And then so the. Uh, I was just going to note that the costume was reminiscent of, uh, like, a, a traditional, like, garb. Uh, you know, he's wearing, like, a tunic with, like, a longer loincloth. He's wearing those, like, kind of, like, harem pants and the the, the sandals. Um, you know, it, it just, he kind of looks like when you think traditional, like, Indian um, kind of kind of, like, dress. That, that, that's kind yeah. of what I would go toward was that kind of like a more flowing kind of tunic, the the the, the large the like blowout pant. I don't I don't know what the term is. And um, right, and it's weird because it's like half Spider Man, half cultural identity. So you get to this point where he has a belt kind of that's mm-hmm. supposed to flow through, and then he has those white loose pants, and then he has the little like I don't know what else to call them Aladdin booties, the shoes with a little like curl at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, those are webbed in the normal Spider-Man look, which is, uh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but what's, what's weird to me is this feels like an artistic look of like, what's a good idea because the bottom half completely informs the top half. The bottom half informs the Spider-Man half with the Mm -hmm. India side. But what's weird is the bottom is loose and flowing and like, uh, loose pants and, uh, the flowing gown, like we were saying, but the top is completely skin tight. You could see all his little bones and musculature completely. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, it like wouldn't, it doesn't fully match. Right. No, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I think it works better, like, looking at a picture of it than, like, trying to imagine it in real life. Um, because, yeah, they, like, I, I, I'm, like, as you're saying right now, I'm trying to, like, picture what that would actually look like. Like, and it's, yeah, it's weird. But uh, I really like this costume. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like it's one of the better designed alternate Spider-Man costumes. Um, I think because of what you're saying is because like it's half Spider-Man, half India. And that India portion really uh, informs the other, the, the Spider-Man part of it. So you've got an instantly recognizable costume, but it's still very unique. And it's very, it's, it's recognizably Indian. Right. Um, I should also note, uh, he doesn't go through the making the costume phase at all. He's granted his powers and there's a page churn and he's just in the in costume. It. Yeah. Um, which kind of plays more to the mysticism and mm. that aspect of it. Right. So this, this costume has been granted to him as, uh, who he's supposed to be. It is his Spider-Man identity. Uh, and so what's weird to that to me, I guess, is now he is Spider-Man, but he still ha- does the dual identity thing. Right. And again, that's kind of going back to what I said about like this not really being uh, in serialized form. It's, you know, he does the dual identity thing because he's supposed to do the dual identity thing. At the end of it, he reveals his dual identity to Mira Jean or Mira Jane and you know they they go off in the sunset there are no complications to this because it's over um 
but uh, you know if there's really not much time um because once he becomes spider-man like he's swinging around for a little bit and you know in you know in the story i think there's a considerable time lapse but uh really we only get about three quarters of an issue before you know we've moved on to the end game uh you know the first issue ends with uncle ben dying uh the second issue sets up the green goblin fight or i'm sorry the the, the doc ock fight and the third issue is the doc ock fight and then set up for the norman osborne fight and then the fourth issue is the norman osborne fight so um there there's not really a lot of time to delve into the Pavitar Pavarker stuff once Spider-Man gets introduced. I mean, the second issue is basically him at high school dealing with Mr. Thompson. I did finally catch that. <laughs> it's like one one brief mention in between everybody referring to him as Flash. Right. And uh, building up the mythos, but then we get uh, Pavitar playing cricket? Yep. Which I, sure. I don't understand it all uh i apparently you there are like portions of the field where you can't hit the ball and if you hit the ball there you're out and then you lose and it's uh, i understand cricket's very very popular in india so you know um whatever but uh (laughs) yeah i mean he shows off his strength but uh given the rules of the game it's not a home run it's just uh out of bounds i guess or whatever the equivalent terminology would be and uh people get mad at him and then dr octopus shows up so it doesn't even really have a chance to like sit right (laughs) yeah and and then and then is like i said we pretty much moved on to the third act and everything yeah was there anything else in there before we move on to more of that because i don't not really like i mean like you said like there was a lot of like poking around at high school but it was mostly you know mira jane uh being introduced so that she could be used as bait later on in the story i mean um there's like some establishing moments of them having like a budding romance uh mira jane expresses sympathy to pivita uh saying that she she too comes from a more traditional background and she would like hide clothes to change into when she got to school so that like she could fit in more with her like uh more contemporary peers while also not upsetting her more traditional like home life um right and i mean i guess there's something there that there's this culture split that they're talking about and i don't know if that's supposed to be kind of a east first west thing at all it never really plays that way to me but i'm wondering if that's what they're kind of trying to get to with that or if that was just something kids were dealing with and they wanted that to kind of be something they could relate on i mean from my understanding of uh bollywood and indian media um which i i did study film in college and we did go over bollywood and and uh india film like like there is a reoccurring theme through a lot of these of not necessarily east versus west but more of like traditional indian culture and then the the introduction of like diaspora and and um other cultures coming in and influencing indian culture so like the younger generation 
like wearing clothes that have like brands like Nike or Adidas or Gap um, and then versus like the older generation and their more traditional outlook. And so it's not really touched on here as much as I thought it might, as much as I thought it was going to uh, when I first started reading this. Um, I think that'd be really interesting and also kind of like difficult to pull off in four issues to cover themes of like, you know, globalization and like East versus West in a comic book adaptation for an Indian market of a Western property in a Western format. Like... (laughs) It almost makes it feel like they have to tackle it, though. At right? That yeah, point. like yeah. It seems like an elephant in the room, but I, 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 you know, after finishing this, I don't think that was really a goal of theirs or something. I, I think, I think they, I, I think they wanted like in earnest to bring in something they enjoyed and bring it to an audience, a wider audience, and, and allow their their enjoyment of Western comics to uh, be better received in India. Um, so I, I I don't think there's any sort of like post colonialism um, uh, commentary in this comic, and I, I yeah I, I think I think a reading of that would be disingenuous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, did... I don't have any more there. Just... Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I, I I feel like we've pretty much exhausted uh, what we can say about this comic. I mean, unless you just want to go over the beats real quick, uh, you know. Well, there's some other notes I want to hit on, like the differences of Doctor Octopus and Green Goblin be the main ones. Like, um, yeah, I think it's important to note that Doctor Octopus like has these weird metallic arms, but the, the same design that leads up to his, yeah more regular arms at this point that have uh, energy coming up but all of them are uh, three taloned uh, obviously looking a little more demon-esque uh, once he's transformed well i mean with 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 how regular you see like multi-armed figures in uh you know indian lore like uh, uh, dr octopus was someone they had to bring in like i mean he, he's got that look to him and i think that's why they went with these kind of like more mystic looking arms rather than the mechanical ones mm-hmm. um if the story had gone on i think it would have been interesting to see like how they handled like the six arm saga but uh you know we never really saw anything past this i don't i don't know i don't know how well it was received i couldn't find any kind of uh notes on the reception of this in india i do know that gotham doesn't exist anymore uh, I think they partnered with um, Virgin, and now they produce mythology comics. Um, just stuff based entirely off of um, Indian lore. Um, but and then and then I, I, I guess the the only other thing to really talk about would be Norman, or I'm sorry, not Norman Osborn, uh, Nalan Oberoi. Yeah, that felt like a little more of a what they should have been doing with the names. Yeah, yeah, like he's got the same initials, but you know, whatever. Um, I would I would say that his design was definitely influenced by the uh, uh, ultimate one. He looks like a giant. I mean, well, the ultimate one looks like a giant fire breathing demon, and he's a giant fire breathing demon. So um, I don't know what, what what else did you want to say about that. Uh, nothing too much, but I did just want to point out that, I mean, the villains here are 
villains. They're demoness. They're all monstrous in some way, as opposed to our good-looking hero. And so you do have that kind of good-looking versus bad-looking. You can tell just by looking at people mm -hmm. what side of things they're on. Right. Um, stuff that, again, uh, maybe fits for what they're going for, but at the same time kind of takes away some of the more interesting aspects that may has made Spider-Man so successful. Right. I feel. Okay, yeah. Um... You know that, that that that's that's fair. Um, I think again, like all this, just leans toward that this was designed to be a four issue mini series with you know a sequel bait. Like you know, it, it ends with oh the the venom demon. I guess it wasn't a symbiote. It's like the venom demon isn't quite dead. Uh, you know, ooh, I wonder what happens next. But uh, we eventually see the continuation of that actually in Web Warriors. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. but you know, it's a quick aside. Um, <laughs> I, th I think I think that my only only other point I want to talk about before we move on sure. is uh, Pavita's continued appearance in the Marvel Universe. Uh, in I mean, he he was brought in to you know the continuity proper during spider-verse where he was kind of this super scientist where he was the one who would develop all their tech and he he made like the uh the like dimensional portal travelers for the web warriors and he was the one who helped rebuild uh leopordon wasn't he you're, you're the spider-verse expert i mean you read web warriors i didn't so oh. that would be more held in there okay uh, well but but i never saw that here like i was expecting i was expecting to see some of that here but instead though it, like it he it's the opposite like he it's mentioned that he's a good student but it's never mentioned that he's like a brilliant engineer that can like create anything it's no no he's just a good student but this was more concerned with the mysticism so it was very strange that when they brought him over into the marvel you know universe for this big story he was like the techie um yeah that is a weird incongruity that mm. you're right that is odd he should be more the spiritual one right which makes me wonder if this was red when he was brought over and in, I, I don't want to say i don't want to accuse anybody of stereotyping but but it happened yeah <laughs> yeah you're right like that is 100 percent a miss there and completely unsupported by the prior four issues of text they could have looked through mm. It's not like it's a deep read either for what you're going for. Right, here. and like he was um, one of the main players. Like he was one of the main Spider-Men. Because um, he actually had a different name so he could differentiate. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. All right, well. Um, and a slightly different costume. Right. Yeah. So we, we've touched we've touched on this, but I don't think we've quite come out and said it. Does this feel like a Spider-Man story to you? I mean, yeah. I mean, this is literally playing off beats of what makes a Spider-Man story. So it does. But as we covered, it, it it's kind of checklisty. It, right. Uh, you know, like, I feel like it doesn't. I feel like it apes a Spider-Man story because, you know, checklisty. Like, and, and we've seen, like, because we've seen a lot of the beats in the story in, like, different Spider-Man media. I mean, we have, you know, the Green Goblin holding up Mary Jane and holding up, you know, something else. And, like, choose Parker uh, or P Barker. Um, you know, like, like that great scene at the end of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1. Like, um, 
Right. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we've seen, we see Uncle Ben die. We see, you know, Peter excelling in, at a sport like in Spider-Girl or in Ultimate Spider-Man where he's on the basketball team. Well, I mean, they were both well, on the basketball team. Well, he didn't excel at the sport. He, well, he knocked it out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I mean. Um, he's playing. Yeah, he's playing it. Um, you know, it, you know I, I feel like as an adaptation... Like for an Indian Spider-Man, sure, sure, this this works. But like as a recognizable, um, you know, Spider-Man for like if he had a different costume, the only thing that would tip me off that this is Spider-Man is that his uncle died, and I would think that was just like a ham-fisted homage. Um, really, the use of Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus, and Venom. Well, well, be, well. I mean, the Venom kind of looked like Venom, but like what I'm saying is the themes weren't there. The the themes of responsibility, the themes of of guilt, of of you know, yeah, those weren't there. Okay. Instead, we had we we got destiny, and maybe what I'm supposed to take away from this is that. Those themes of great power and great responsibility, you know, they might not be universal. It might not ring as potent in other cultures. Not not to say that other cultures are irresponsible or whatever, but like it just might not be something that strikes them as a lesson that has to be learned. It might be more like, well, yes, of course. Why? Why not? Um, I, I, I don't know. Right, that whereas Destiny is put in as kind of a replacement for mm-hmm. responsibility, it's never truly followed through on the comic. I mean, he defeats the bad guy. Right. True, but despite despite being the force of good fighting the force of bad, mm-hmm. uh, there's not really much more assigned to it for the way this plays through. Right. Well, well, I I think like what, are are you saying that like there's no real like butting up against that destiny? There's no like angst about it. It's not that they have to play against destiny in some mm-hmm. way. It's that like the Spider-Man comic. I mean, I guess you could say plays against responsibility in that for a moment Peter Parker is not, and then he he suffers a consequence for mm-hmm. it. Um, it doesn't have to be that, but they just kind of use the word destiny, but they don't really build on it. Okay, you know, I, I follow you now. Okay. All right. Well, um, so this one reissued or untold? Oh, see, I, I'm just going to go a little more negative here and say untold. The reason I'd say that is I would love for this to be attempted again uh, with a little more thought put into it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, brutal. Um, well, yeah, again, yeah, no, I, 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 I recognize what you're, what you're saying. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with my, my cop out, like I always do on this, on this answer, and say that, like, if you're already, if you're already, um, you know, subscribing to Marvel Unlimited, there's literally no reason to not read it. Like, it's not, it's not offensive. Like, it's not bad. Oh. Um, I, I, I mean, offensive to the senses, not offensive to sensibilities. Um, right, right. Well, I don't think it's offensive to sensibilities. I well, mean, unless you're going to take issue with something very specific. Mm-hmm. But, no, you're right. It's not offensive. It's just not particularly good. I it, Like, like I said, mm-hmm. it, it's more interesting. It's more of a curiosity than it is a good or quality comic. Right. And, and so, like, if you want to, like, follow through on that thread of curiosity and you already have unlimited it's it's like a 20 minute read would i go out on a quest to seek out these or would i pay like ten dollars to get this ship to me no um 
you know, if, you, if you're at a con, you see it in like the quarter bin or the dollar bin, sure, why not? But it's not one I would actively seek out. So uh, I guess on that hand, untold. Right. I mean, to to its positive, though, mm-hmm. I mean, reading this will give you will make you feel like you maybe have a wider breadth of understanding of Spider-Man overall, I feel, because it is a similar but different take. And so like that compare and contrast uh, is more interesting than the book itself. Right. Definitely. OK. <sighs> now, for normally this part. is more fun. All right. Where, where do you want to put this on our list? Our web of rankings? <laughs> Uh, do you or do you want me to take a shot? Well, I, I'm I'm normally one the one who pegs it up first. Why don't, why don't you do that? Yeah, why don't you tell me where 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 you would slap this one on the list? So the there's nothing super close to this, but I guess what I'd say is the book that this I feel is closest to in a way is the Final Adventure because this is a book that's maybe trying to be a little more important and ends up not being particularly great and suffers from it in some ways. Uh, and so do I think this is, I, I think this is a better entry than the final adventure. That's funny. Cause I was also going to compare it to the final adventure. Um, I was going to put it underneath the final adventure because I, I mean, but I think that's just because I was hotter on that story than you were. Um, oh, definitely. But I, uh, um, I pulled my card on that one. You, you did. Oh, God. Um, I. <sighs> okay. Well, how do you feel about this versus uh, Web of Spider-Man 89? That was our. Um... That, that's that's the hometown hero or whatever that one was. Right. Right. Okay. The one we did with Brian. Uh, this this is definitely worse than that. I, I well, I enjoyed eight Web of Spider Man eight and nine more than Spider Man India. Look, let's not yeah. it. It's worse than those well, two. Well, Th- I, those are, st- <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. That's the point of the list, man. Right. It's the got, point of the list. Got to take your shots. <laughs> but I feel like I enjoyed this better than Death of the Goblin Construct. So I think I think we're definitely like pegged right where All this right. should be, uh, um, you know, above or below Final Adventure. I still want to say below, but just because, just because, like, okay, so yeah, the A plot of Final Adventure, Final Adventure wasn't spectacular but i i felt like the mary jane stuff and like the stuff with the reporter and that stuff i felt like that was interesting and that was well handled um and plus you have that uh scene with the uh, lamaze class which you're not getting in any other spider oh that's comic. true <laughs> uh so i mean are, are, have i swayed yeah, you at all sure i'm happy to put this under the final adventure i mean that's it, it feels like splitting hairs to me and i'm not oh. at that point i'm not particularly do, worked do, up about do, it do you mean above the final adventure oh i thought you were saying you wanted the final adventure above it i'm confused now. whatever we'll put it below final adventure all right we're moving on <laughs> is that what you wanted it doesn't matter anymore like you said we're splitting hairs um all right Next up on our Alternative Origins block, we'll be covering Spider-Man the Manga, number one through six, which are the first two chapters of that story, and we'll be getting into that a little bit more on that actual episode. After that, we'll be talking about What If number seven, What If the Radioactive Spider Bit Someone Other Than Spider-Man. Uh, And then closing out the block, we'll be taking it a little bit more modern and looking at Edge of Spider-Verse number four, I Walked with a Spider. 
in order to get that hype train rolling for Spider-Geddon. We will also, in that episode, be looking at a curiosity in the Marvel oeuvre, uh, because I think technically it's not part of the Marvel Universe, but it was published by Marvel. Well, or timely. Or timely, yes. Um, but speaking of Spider-Geddon, uh, we actually have some plans for Spider-Geddon on this show. Uh, I believe issue zero drops the last week of September, so stay tuned for that, and we will be getting that to you. All right, Matt. First, before I ask where we find you on the internet, I need to tell our lovely listeners about our Patreon. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you have not, please feel free to subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> I am the master of segues, okay? And if Your you segue want... ran out of gas at the end there. <laughs> if you want to hear more of my beautiful segues, for a mere $3.99 a month, you can get our bonus show, The Untold B-Talks of Spider-Man, where we talk about the what? current B-Titles. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, okay. <laughs> I just can't go off the cuff without without Matt just completely ruining. Alright, $3.99 a month. You get to hear about me and Matt talking about the current B titles that are coming out. We are about to get an explosion of them thanks to Spider-Geddon. So if you want to hear about all that stuff, $3.99 a month. There are links in the show notes. If you want to throw us some even more cash and get even better bonus prizes, $10 a month puts you in the Excelsior Club. Two, two times a year, you're going to be getting exclusive commissioned art from Spider-Man artists you know and love. Uh, right now, we have Alex Saviak working on a piece. Uh, I think... Probably getting close to done. Uh, Dan posted a work in progress a few weeks ago, uh, and it was looking like it was coming along. I have no idea how long this process takes, and Dan's taking care of that, so don't take my word for it, but it's a nice-looking piece. Um, Though we should note that we understand not everybody can pay for everything that they love, so we appreciate you listening, and that's why you get those lovely segues for free. Exactly. Uh, you know, we don't want to underappreciate our listeners who are just mooching and listening to the free stuff. No, no, no. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, we love all the support for us that you guys can give. If you do want to support the show, uh, but not in a monetary fashion, you can always like our Facebook page, like our, or follow us on Twitter, share us with people you think who might like the podcast, share it with people who you think might not like the podcast, but are open to listening to things you force them to listen to. Um, we're just start. We're getting weird, so we're just gonna close this out right now. You can find me at Kane Wrights. Uh, Matt, where we can where can we find you? You can find me at Magical Matt Forty Two on Twitter. All right, or on the Slack channel. Oh yeah, you can also find us on the Slack channel. Uh, amazing spider slack dot slack dot com there's also a link to that in the show notes too uh special thanks to the la badge for providing our theme song uh if you want to listen to more from them you can ch check out the show notes i mean basically you don't even have to listen to the uh, listen to the podcast you just check out those show notes because they are lit anyway uh until we can figure out the rules for cricket make mine untold <laughs>
मुझको 